Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. And before we begin, I'd like to give a shout out to my Patreons, Ben, Keith, Vanessa, Haprit, Kevin, Martha, Elena, Mark, Daniel, Kennedy, Jeff, Sarah, Verena, Brenda, Jennifer, Sean, and Unena. Thank you for being patrons and for making this podcast possible and for helping build the community. For our first-time listeners, along with regulars who at this moment may not be able to sign up for Patreon, we understand. But you can still support by subscribing, sharing, giving five stars and a positive review on every podcast platform that you listen on. And also, coming in May, there will be a live recording, uh, live episode that will be recorded um, for patrons. So if you want to join, that's another incentive to join. So you can, you know, my birthday is in May, the best month to be born, in, except for my daughter's don't tell my wife I said that, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we can't have months too. But uh, yeah, there's so many months to count. We just just count me only. You know, save yourself. Um, yeah. So today, I, I don't think I can do an awesome job about introducing today's guests, and it's more than one. So it's guests. So it's two. So they are MVPs, and I'll just allow them introduce themselves. So please take it over. Why don't you go first? Well, yes, this is Wayne and Roxana Carroll. Uh, we are the Carrolls. And we are basically um, two hardworking individuals that are, you know, trying to make our lives coexist in the best way possible for our daughter. Um, and we're basically what you, I guess, would call now, which is trending, a Blendian family. Um, so uh, that's who we are <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, I think... The best way to say we're like the whole, every culture and every difference in the world, we've just basically united it as one. I am South Indian Muslim, uh, four foot four. Wayne is African-American, six one or six two, one of them things. He's huge. Um, <laughs> and he converted to Islam prior to marrying me. Um, and it's just been, we have a five-year-old daughter who's mixed and we come from a very big family on both sides. And I think with sharing our stories, so many people seem to be so intrigued. Like mm -hmm. we look at it like what we're regular people, like there's nothing really major about us, but people are always just interested in asking us questions and, you know, interested in knowing our story. So I guess in the whole thing of living life, we've also become creatives. We're just trying to share and inspire people and build, help the community awesome. the way we can to get wherever they're trying to get. Exactly. <laughs> really. Exactly. So officially, welcome to White Label American, and thank you all for joining us. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. Um, you guys, you, you guys have these creative citizen, citizens. Uh, you guys are creative citizens, and you bring this creative citizenship that is just um, fantastic to see, and it's beautiful and it's authentic also. And thank you. You, thank you know, for an immigrant like myself, you know, most of us when we move to the United States, we come here with this picture of the American dream mm -hmm. and it tends to not have people like you 
as the American dream, you know, right. and it leaves out interracial um, relationships, it leaves out um, interfaith relationships, or it leaves out people with your type of stories. And yeah. it's another reason why I wanted to bring you guys on the podcast and because a lot of, like 95% of the guests on this podcast are immigrants who moved from one country to another, of like first generation immigrants. But mm-hmm. we tend to forget about stories like yours, and they're also important to hear from and to have and to listen to and to see, because there's so much that still ties all of us together, and it helps to bring down the artificial walls. So that's why I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to miss this opportunity to ask you guys to come here. Y- yes, awesome. and it's it's funny you brought that point up. That resonated with me because my parents are immigrants from India. They've been in America for 40 years, right? And here everybody's probably expecting me that grew up in Jersey City, you know, born in New Jersey all my life. All I know is American culture. This is, this is you know, coming from immigrants. I, you would think I'm so Americanized just by my accent or because I married an American, right? Yeah. But it's it's so crazy how I am very, very tied to my South Indian roots. I still speak my native language. I'm still, you would honestly think I was an Indian woman from India that married an Indian man. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. And people, that's not what people would think when they see me like, oh, she married a black man. She's, you know, she's probably very Americanized. She probably doesn't speak the language. When we always joke and say it's literally fried chicken, curry chicken. Like that's <laughs> our life in a nutshell. We have we've fused it completely. Yeah. And that's why people wouldn't expect that. You know, that's the the twist about it. People wouldn't expect that. Yeah. So I was on uh, um I was on someone's show on Instagram about uh two three months ago, and someone asked me. One of the viewers had asked me like, um, if I think the American dream is still possible for an immigrant today, and I'd said. Um, it depends, and I'm not really sure if we should still be. Uh, I think we might have to question the American dream because if you're still going yes. by that old playbook, it's definitely not. It did not include people like us with our skin color. It's definitely just based on white family, you know, white man and white wife, and it's all skinny looking. The white and, picket fence. Yeah, mm-hmm. picket fence, and but everybody is different. Everybody has you, you. You you can chase your dream in so many ways, and you want to live in a big city, or do you want to live in the suburbs? Do you want to like you know? It doesn't address all that. Do you want to have kids, or you don't want to have kids? If you're from a same sex relationship, it does not address that. And there's so many things that is not included in that picture. And when I start measuring that, I'm like, yeah, you might not even America might not be your answer. Canada might be your answer. Germany might Correct. be your answer. So Correct. I'm not the person to tell you that you must come to America. I'm not saying that you shouldn't come because I understand oppression that a whole lot of us face in many places. So we have to get out of there, which is a valid thing to say. But define it by just sticking to that American dream that our parents well depended on. It's I'm not going to say stick to that. No. But create yes. your own dream and yes. go after it. And if you don't hear from people like uh, the Carols, if you don't hear from people like myself, you don't see, you don't, you can't visualize it. Then how are you going to be able to create that dream? Because you still keep going back to that old same imagery that has been in existence for God knows how long. And then it's like, right. oh, but then when it hits you, when the reality hits you, then you now realize that it wasn't made with you in mind. Then, no, no, you know, the struggle no. begins. 
You know what the, you know what I think the American dream is now? The American dream. The American dream, let's talk far as let's just use us as the first example. Yes. Of the American dream. Being able to love someone freely. Mm-hmm. Being able to find someone that is you truly feel as your soulmate without any restrictions or um, you know, disagreeances or any ways like that. That's, you know, in my opinion, that's part of the American dream right there. Um, and then the other part of that is being able to be a successful individual, being able to being able to be a creative and make something of yourself. Oh yes. Um, and I think those traditional views of what the how to attain or what the American dream is, like you said, that no longer exists. There's so many avenues mm-hmm. of obtaining that now, yeah. and then there's a whole chunk of that that no one's talking about. There's a whole chunk of that American dream that no one's talking about, like you said, stories. But like but that. you know what? When you were talking, this is what hit me. As I said, my parents and my family's been here for over 40 years, right? The American dream, the sad thing about it is if the country that you have this dream of going to is not open-minded to accepting you, then then what, like, my parents have been here for 40 years, probably more than half the people that's maybe more than some of the people that's been here. Yep. And the American country still treats them like they're outsiders when they've been here for 40 years. You get what I'm saying? Like, yes. how, like, you have to have thick skin coming into this kind of country because even the people living in America have, are going through the worst with acceptance and people that are not open-minded. We're still going through racism. We're still going through discrimination. And you're doing this to your own people that's been born in this country that's been here for millions of years. Then how are you going to treat the people that's coming from another country? Like I'm, it, it's it's crazy how many people I have to go off on because they're not even trying to listen to what my parents have to say over the phone because they have an accent. They speak English. True. They know what the hell is going on. So why am I getting on the phone? You know how many times I'm saying to these people, why are you people not listening to my parents? Why are you people not listening to what they have to say? You would know, like I had a situation with my father. He bought a brand new, fully loaded truck. They had no problem helping him then when he had to buy, you know, when he had the means and everything to buy a car on the spot. Yeah. But now he's calling about an issue and you guys don't want to talk to him on the phone. So then I said to them, I said, why am I calling for him? Why didn't you guys help him the first time? Why are you treating him this way? Because he has an accent and you don't have the patience to deal. So that gets me mad. He, you had no problem taking his money for that truck. Now. Of course, that there's no problem okay. taking the money. So that's what gets me, right? Yeah. Don't do that. Like, don't try to I understand. Sometimes we're trying to pay a bill. It's someone from another country. You're frustrated. You're trying to pay this, you know, trying to get this sorted, trying to get information. They have an accent. It can be frustrating, but that can be somebody from your family. And that can be some, you could be in the same position. So don't forget where you, we're all here together yeah. working. Doing what we have to do to maintain. We're not on anybody else's dime. Yeah, so, and I, I, I say still to that. Me. I say to that because I've worked in customer service. I've worked uh, in, when I was in the military. I did customer service, and white people have accents. White people from all over the world right. have accents, <laughs> and right. it's on us, people of color, especially non-white, to you know we we are able to adjust and work with their accents and then it's like when it's their turn it's like 
I, I can't hear it. Oh, I can't. I, I don't understand. Like, like, uh, yeah, that that I'm like, no, that ain't gonna fly because <laughs> if I can if I can learn how to pronounce your Tatachovsky name and all that, you can you, you can learn how to pronounce somebody's name from some. You can. You can what kind of, I, this African name is too hard. I'm like, mm, have you seen your names? Right. right. <laughs> oh, don't, don't I, so. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, to me, it's honestly quite disrespectful. Like with me, it's Roxana's mm. Arabic name. They're like, oh, hey, Roxanne. Hi, Roxana. I'm like, I never said there the was an S. The most common one is Roxana. Oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah, it's and like they, they, they're going to add more letters to the name. I'm like, yeah. you say you can't pronounce the name. So why are you going to add more letters? But my thing is, why can't we just like, like being physically different? I'm like, people, damn. Like I've had some people say things in the most wicked ways. I'm like, you want to know that bad? Why don't you just ask me? That, exactly. Just ask questions. I feel like as soon as they come across like a situation like that, like a weird name or something like that, there's already a preset, a preconceived notion. And then as soon as you see it and it's just like, oh boy, here we go. You know what I mean? It's ignorant <laughs> to so much. Just because if you have a last name Patel, you're automatically Hindu or you're automatically yeah. from here. Like you guys need to open up your books because there's so much more deeper than that. Please stop acting like you're like a college level collegiate like graduate if you don't even know basic things. Like everybody swears they're doctors, professors, mm -hmm. like they they know information, but Everyone's you're not doing the knowledge. Everyone's yeah. a specialist at something. You, you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. that bugs me. Like, don't please don't try to school me. Like, where what where are you getting your information from? Like, first um. let's <laughs> Uh, well, we, we 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 could go into that, but let's let's not go. We've, we've gone. We, <laughs> yes. we, let's not go too far. Let let's let's come back to some fun stuff. Let's yes, let's let's please. go to the original way we begin the episode. Um, yes. So we haven't dived into where both of you are from. Like, um, so it's gonna is different from what we've been talking about already. But let's start with the original fun stuff. So yes. where were you born and um, can you introduce us to your place of birth and what childhood was like for um, you know, for uh, both of you? You go first. You can go first. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I grew up in Jersey City. Then we moved to a town um, called Union in New Jersey. So I've been in New Jersey all my life. That's all I know. Um, born with a chondroplasia, which is a form of dwarfism. Um, tough. Tough childhood far as the outside. Inside, very protected, very guarded, very like bodyguards, like my family, cousins, everybody was just very overprotective um, and just let me be. So whenever I was home or in the space of family and friends, I never felt any different because I was able to do anything. My parents were just always pushing me, you know, don't let anybody tell you anything. You could do anything, you know, just try. You. It was always this, I'm the only child, so it was only always this mentality, like, no one's going to help you. Like, don't ever expect somebody to help you. They're not obligated. You always have to make sure you're, you're able to stand on your own two feet. So that was just always my mentality, you know, and then being physically different. I'm like, oh, okay, so if I can't do this, I have to be prepared and make sure I have a plan. So that was just always my upbringing, just trying to do whatever people told me I couldn't do. I would do it 10 times more, like, just to yeah. say. Well, that's what you get for thinking I couldn't. Um, and having the support of my parents was probably why I am who I am today, because it was just they were this just there for me. Like it was always they were riding out with me. If I had a problem, my father was the first one there. He was like I had mentioned it before in another interview, like he was one of those people like somebody's bothering you. We, we need lawyers. Like, what do we need? Like, who's messing with you? Like, are they disrespecting you? Are they making you feel uncomfortable? Because nobody has a right to do that. 
And my mother was always just like the peacemaker, like people are stupid, they're ignorant, let them go, that's their life, karma's gonna come back. So it was always like those two things. I'm either going like the very peaceful route like her, or if somebody's taking me to that level, I'm taking legal action, I'm going hard. Like, so, you know, and that's just who I am. Just, I'm very um, passionate about helping and, you know, it's one of those things where I realize, like, no matter where I go, people are staring because I'm different. Um, even more so now because I have a husband and a child, people are even more intrigued. So now it's just like, all right, well, you're going to stare at me and look at me and try to figure me out that I might as well use this platform for something positive. So I'm just using that energy that comes at me, whether it be negative or positive or whatever people are thinking. And I'm just throwing it back like, hey, I'm Roxana and I'm real. <laughs> like, that's basically right. what. Wayne always says, like, she's real. Like, you're staring at her, she's real. You're like, real. Yeah, that's so, right, you are. You are. Thank you. So that's just really me. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm, me and Wayne went to high school. I'm going to let him say his story. But we met in high school. We were best friends. Never in a million years thought. Uh, the funny thing is, I we, we're both really exactly the same. Um, and coming from two different cultures and, and backgrounds, you would never think that. But we realize that we are exactly the same. You okay, know. I, I, I'll pause you there because yeah, I think there's yes. some juice that I want. That okay. <laughs> I, I, I want you to give that juice out yet, right? Okay. Yeah, don't don't, don't the spill the tea yet. yet. No, okay. I won't. <laughs> so, so Wayne, give us um, some tea about where you were born and your childhood. Um, <clears throat> well, I was born in North New Jersey um, and I've basically been in Jersey my entire life, went from being born in North to growing up in Irvington. And then a lot of my childhood was spent in Irvington. Okay. Um, you know, I had, I'm the youngest of, there's four of us, so I'm the youngest. I have two older sisters and an older brother. Um, and it was just a really active household for me. I was the youngest. So everything, everyone was older than me. Everything was interesting to me. I was always trying to get in everybody else's business because, you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of activity going on in the household. Yeah. Um, but fast forward, moved to Maplewood, um, was there for some time, and then we moved to Union, which is when and where I met Rixana. Ah, okay. So, and, um, oh, continue, huh? continue, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What you were going to say? Yeah, like Roxana is the second person to appear on the podcast who was born. Uh, I think yours, Roxana's story is reverse. I think um, Kevin was born in um, Union and then moved to Jersey City. Oh wow! Yeah, and then yeah, you you reverse. You Jersey City and then moved. But but how old is Kevin? Would I know Kevin? Yeah, I think he, he's he's younger. You, you um, well. Oh okay. He, he's probably uh, Kevin is about twenty eight. I think oh, okay. 26, 28. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me feel old, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 Thing about your childhood what would you what do you consider your favorite childhood memory mm. oh wow that's like my favorite question 
to ask any guest. You know, I'll be very honest with you. One of my one yeah. of favorite childhood memories that I can remember is um, my mom and my dad. They used to always like um, they were all right. So they were like they had really good jobs. They worked for the phone company. So every weekend they worked very hard during the week. Like my dad was a manager, and you know my mom was um, in a very active field within that company, and. On the weekends, we would basically go shopping and stuff like that. And they would always go. I remember it being two trips that I always enjoyed. There was this called, uh, there was this place called Union Flea Market in Vauxhall. Mm -hmm. So they used to go there on the weekend and we would go and walk around Union Flea Market with, with them. And I'm a simple dude, but it was, I was with my parents, you know, I'm holding, we're holding hands. We're walking around Union Flea Market. And if you know Union Flea Market, it's like a different world from. It was like, a, it's, it was a very well-known flea market that yeah. had everything. Like yeah, everybody. Like, it was, it like was, you're buying fish, you're buying pets. Club, <laughs> arcade. Oh, okay. It was like a world inside of a building. Wow. That's one. The other one was they would take these rides to New York, um, you know, and literally just drive to New York, go somewhere, maybe get a couple hot dogs in. But it was the ride for me. Yeah. Which is why I think I like driving now. And I hate driving. She hates long. driving. But <laughs> you like that me. ride to me was so relaxing. And then the music <laughs> playing is crazy. Like my father had this blue cat. He had this navy blue caddy. And it was like a boat. At that time, I'm a child. So I'm in the back seat, sunk in the back seat, <laughs> windows down, parents in the front. I'm as happy as a pig. And <sighs> you know what I mean? It was just. <laughs> Never it was crazy, but okay. but yeah, it was just those rides, spending that time with them. <laughs> and and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, whoa, my memory is so opposite from what he just like me. I I think my best memory is when I won for student council president in school. Oh, nice! Because like it was always. Again, I just think I had this mentality, like, are people not going to let me win because I'm small? Like, are people not going to let me do it and not think that I can't do it? And then I remember I did posters. I had a whole little team that was hanging up posters around the school. And then I had to say a speech. And then everybody, like, voted for me and was screaming. Like, wow. and, and every day I would get to make the announcements over the intercom. <laughs> I loved it. I was saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I was just like in all the meetings at the board of education. I'm just sitting there, like I'm like maybe I should have been a politician. Like, yeah, <laughs> good to. I, I, I could see you holding office. <laughs> Thank you. Like I've been like, wow, you guys picked me. Like, thanks. Like you saw me for me. Like, thank you. I love being a little dictator. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I run a very I tight ship. Down to. I actually. Oh man, I, I was. I wasn't gonna go dictator. that far. I wasn't gonna yeah, go that I do. Far. I do. I mean, I, I'm I'll, 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 I'll prefer to carry out I'll, the orders. I prefer to be my dictator than you know the the, the knucklehead we had for the past four years. <laughs> oh, let's not, let's not even go saying. there. You know that's oh, another episode. Uh, 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 even, even, even our governor over here. So you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> and that's crazy because he had a really good run. Um, yeah. From what for the most yeah, part, he, and that, he he blew it. But yeah, but you, you, but you see, still and better. That's what gets me. If you ever notice, like any, and that's in life though. It's not even just him in that kind of position. I always feel like you're on this great high or this great run and you're doing real good. 
If you have skeletons in them closets, that's that time when people's about to knock that real good that you've been doing. Because now you don't even remember all the good things he was saying for everything. Now all you remember is the bad. Well, and the, the thing is, he's, he's been he's been a knucklehead for some time. It's just yes, and he caught up. When, when, caught when up. you have when you have the orange, when you have that, I'm tr I'm trying to be nice about that. But I there's no need to be nice about that orange but, but, racist. Yeah. He makes he make every other person look like a saint. So as soon as he's gone, then everybody starts turning the flashlight on every other person. Like, yeah, who, who, yeah, you. I remember you. You made yeah, me feel right. bad. Don't act and like it's your like, stuff don't oh. stink, right? <laughs> know, like, I oh know. wait, I, I mean, I'm like, yeah, um, yeah. You forgot where you came from. That's really what it boils down to. You quickly forgot. That's really what it is. Right. People tend to do a lot of forgetting these days of where they came from and what they're about. They really yep. forget. So um, another beautiful thing is like I always love asking the childhood memory question because it's one way that connects that shows how connected we all are. Yes. And no matter where the guests are born or where the guests came from, you know, there's whatever they pick or whatever their answers are, it's there's always a connecting thread. You know. Yes. Because yes. It's, it's either the joy you just shared from um, winning. Um, um, council president, as uh, a student president, yeah. Uh, the, the trips, um, you were, you were, you were on. You know, there's those moments. There's some we all find. Everybody can relate to those moments because we're all kids, and in one way or the other, you know. I mean, I, I remember being on trips. Yeah, it was to different places. It wasn't to New York, yeah, and I came to New York as an adult. But as as a kid. I know what it was like being on trips with my mom and the yeah. family, and I was like, in the, I look forward to being in the car, like, yeah, let's go, let's go. Like, I wanted to miss school. I didn't care about school. <laughs> right. Know. We didn't have no worry in the world back it, then. It, it, it was right. sure. It would catch up to me later on, but um, it, yeah, I still made it. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I wanted to be on yeah. trips all the time. But even um, convincing students to uh, put their trust in me, you know, I did something along that line but we didn't have students um presidents like um the way it works in schools over here but i got to um in our system back in nigeria we have um prefects you know, your yeah. final year you're appointed you, so you they pick st students for the, um, a bunch of students to be prefects and i was picked f for punctuality prefect and which meant I had to show up extra early to school so I could catch the late comers. That's when I was like, dang it, you guys could give me something else. But uh, yeah, but it meant they put trust in me. And, you know, so uh, that's when I knew I could become a dictator too. So yeah, dicta yes, absolutely. We, dictators, we, we have, we are, I, I relate yes, to my fellow dictators, you know. Yes. <laughs> Wayne is like, oh we, no. We just started no. we just started paying on Instagram just for people like us. Dictators. That's Wayne. what I'm about to start doing. I'm about to add that to my bio. I'm a Thanks. Wayne is like, um, oh, no, I should have known. <laughs> That's the look on Wayne's face now. He's like, oh I man. Know. Don't worry, he'll probably add that to his page too. <laughs> the next time he gets invited to a podcast, like um are you, what, 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 are you are you a potential dictator or not? Let me know before I come on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> so unlike other couples that I've had on the podcast, you guys met pretty early. And yes. Your story goes way back. So can you um, introduce us, uh, walk us through that and, you know, let us, yeah, just let us know how that went about. And, you know, because usually 
people who I've met or interacted with when they talk about, you know, uh, who've been together for like a long time or known each other mm -hmm. for a long time. So it's like, oh, it was love at first sight. And no, no, you know, and no, yeah, but you guys, that, that's another thing. That's what another part of the authenticity that you guys bring to the table. You guys don't, you know, just present this glamorized story. No. So, <laughs> yeah, introduce us to that. Give us, give, spill the tea on that on your, on your story of how you guys. I'm, I'm gonna spill. I think. <laughs> gonna, I think gonna, no. Let me. No, I'm gonna add, and then you. No. no, you. I'll say it, and you add in. So I would definitely not glamorized. Um, I gotta hear this. He, you, know, <laughs> you know, I always say he was the new student. So you know, when a new student comes to school, everybody's talking about them, right? Yep. I was like one of those girls. As per the use. Yes. I was one of the girls that, you know, the football players were carrying my books for me, very protective. You know, I was with, I was just popular, but I wasn't like, I wasn't dating. I wasn't doing any of that. I was just hanging and I was helping everybody when they had their heartbreaks. I was just the cool kid that everybody was hanging with. So everybody's like, oh, there's a new student. I'm like, oh, okay. The girls are like, oh, he's so cute. I'm like, oh, okay. So whatever, I'm not nice. even thinking about it. Nice. Right, relax. I know that. So I saw him in the cafeteria and he still denies it to this day. There's no need for me to lie. He said something really stupid to me. Like it was something like, oh yeah, I would be with you. It was something like that. And me again, I was like very shy, insecure type. I didn't think guys really saw me that way. And I wasn't in a position as a Muslim to be like- You said, I said what? You said something slick. Okay, you said it was like, oh wait, yeah, I would. Wait, I but it my shoulders. You were like, oh, you, were, you were trying to be funny. You were trying to be funny. So I was just like, oh, I was like, I don't know who he think he is. So that was my because I was always like ready for war. Like I was like, I don't know who he thinks he is. So then I was telling him, my, my girlfriends, I'm like, yeah, he's a jerk. Like he's goofy. He thinks he's funny. I was like, I don't, I don't like him. Whatever. Just like that. I based it off just like that. Nice. I say all uh. the the last period of class. This fool is in my class. So I was like, why is this? They were like, oh, we have a new student. I'm like, oh yes. my God, it's this man that yes. was just saying something to me. So my face, I'm just like not prepared for any of it. So I don't, I think we were just, he was saying jokes and stuff. Like I was just like, mm -hmm, whatever. I thought it was funny. She was mad because I was taking the shine. Yeah. She had the <laughs> she was mad because I took her thunder. No. That's what that was. He her pride won't let you that. tell you no, that part that. of the story, look, but she will look, never admit that. But let's let's get to look, the facts. I, I, my jokes was popping. Okay. I had people okay. laughing. The teachers was laughing. Okay. Everyone. We get the point. All right. We, we continue. Understand. Let's go. So, so again, I was like, okay, I don't know who he think he is, but whatever. Okay. So then the teacher, we would just have, the teacher had asked us to say one nice thing about the other student in Spanish. Of course, it's me and him. So I said in Spanish that he was ugly. Yep. Okay? Oh. He's ugly. Yep. He said in Spanish, I was beautiful. Oh, oh he's so sweet. I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I but know. no, but let's get it straight. I said, I said that I answered the question first. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I said he was ugly. And she still played matter. Still the same. She, I was still, like, thank you. she still was nasty. I said rude. thank you. I okay? said thank she you. She still hurt my nose. She didn't. She said, César mucho feo. Oh, my goodness. Ugly. Uh. I have no problem. This was about over 20 years ago. Yeah. And, okay? We, 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 we might need a time travel machine for this. So I can. I just want to travel back to that moment. And watch it for myself. Yeah, I was <laughs> no. It, so listen. So, I, so all I know is to to kind of because it gets it it 
it can go deep. But all I'll say is I had a sweet 16 in Indian culture. Sweet 16s are very big. So yeah. it was basically my parents. I had a big wedding cake looking thing. I it was just, it was a big deal. Hold on. No, hold on. I just got my hold license. On. I invited everybody. I invited him because my mom was, I, I don't even know if you know that. I invited everybody and I don't think I invited him. And it was something along the lines where my mom was like, you can't do that. That's rude. In Indian culture, you don't do that. You don't have a party and then not just, you invite some people and then not invite everybody. That's rude. You invite him. So I was like, he's probably not going to come. He's American. He's not going to come to no Indian party. We were friends at this point. Yeah, we were friends, but I didn't think. <laughs> we, we went, we it's been some time that's passed since that initial interaction in Spanish. Yeah, Christ. so I didn't think, so, but still, who is he? He's not going to come an hour away. It was like almost an hour away. I no, was no, like, no. It, it was Morristown. It was like 45 minutes, no, whatever. No, it was like 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. I didn't think. She wasn't driving at that point, so she don't understand. Whatever. <laughs> <the geographics. laughs> whatever. She didn't understand it's the geographicals. I mean, American. I didn't think this American guy. It's hot here now. Look, I honestly didn't think some American guy is going to come to my party. I really didn't, right? So I remember I'm at the party. Everybody's there. He walks in with a little black silk collar shirt on, black slacks. I don't know. He looked like some mafioso type of dude walking in. I was like, okay. Like, I was, I, I, I was, took it. I took it. I looked at him. I looked at him a little differently. I was like, okay, he looks nice. And then everybody, you know, in Indian culture, everybody has to say speeches and say stuff. So everybody's saying speeches. And then this fool is saying a speech. I'm like, hey, he didn't want to be left out. <laughs> he said when in Rome, you got to be. <laughs> right. And maybe, maybe on this episode, we can finally drop the meaning of this. Because he said to him, I was a little glass of water on a large table. Wow. So 20 plus years, I still don't know what the hell that means. So maybe he's going to clarify. But uh, wait, but wait, wait, can't repeat that again. I, that, that that is. He said he. I'm his. He's his speech. We have it on VHS. I'm, I have to get this. I have to get this speech converted to YouTube because it's a classic. Yeah, that's a classic right there. Yes, I'm a good friend. You know, he loves me like a. But I'm one of his I best friends. I said she's friends. my little glass of water on the on the table. Yeah, and wow. I don't. That is. That might be. I'm a, that might be worthy of a Nobel Prize for, <laughs> for a speech or something. What? Can you explain? What, what does yeah, that mean? Yeah, Please. that is. I mean, honestly. And I wasn't I wasn't anything romantic with you at that time, so don't try to make that romantic now. Nah. Tell me what a glass what of I water. Observe, what I observe at that time is that that glass of water on the table, which everybody was around, everybody wanted to sip of that glass of water. It's full of crap. Everybody is wanted to sip. Okay. Everybody wants yeah. <laughs> so, Somebody right. call Norway. So anybody listening to this? Any just call Norway. <laughs> I don't. I tell them to send a check for the Nobel Prize for a speech. I don't know if there's a Nobel Prize for a speech or whatever award they give for a good. Nah, just just send it to this man. You didn't mean that, man. Because trust me, even if it was now, you don't want everybody to take us. I'm not the water that everybody wanted to sip on. So please. No, I don't know. I don't know. It was just. I don't know, because see, the thing was, me and her relationship, it was very funny, okay? And we always had jokes yeah. and always saying little subliminals. <laughs> so it, it was just a subliminal that, for some reason, stuck. It was crazy. Okay, so now to forward. So we went through, 
this kind of stage. I was his best friend. I was the third wheel, actually. He was, he had his little girlfriends, his little friends. I was always, oh, let's go get rocks. Let's hang out with rocks. So I'm in there just hanging, right? Years went on like that. And then it was so funny. My best friend, I had, you know, I had proposals. I found that out later from my parents, but I had proposals pending to get an arranged marriage. Now, what we're talking about now, you fast forward years yeah, from the so like this was like 2004 yeah so we graduated 2000 i did graduate 2003 he was 2002 so now this is out of high school where he lived down the street from me so we we always saw each other you know our families we everybody knew each other and i was just my best friend said to me one day like she was like wow like and she's african-american from cameroon by the way my best friend she said nice. to me said why I don't understand like you and Wayne are like the exact same you both come from good families like you're good looking people why wouldn't you ever be with someone like him and then that's when I, I said to her I was like I don't think he would be with somebody like me like we're we're just friends and she was like why what's wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you like she started kind of putting that in my head and then I was just like I always thought he was a good looking guy. I loved where he came from. Like I, I loved his energy. He was always very genuine with me. Like, like he wasn't like, for example, I had a lot of guys that were my friends. Then later they're like, Oh, I really liked you, but I cared about what people said. You know, I yeah, wanted to disqualified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it was all of a sudden you're coming out the woodworks. Like I really liked you. I'm like, yeah, mm. I don't like it. It was like those kind of things. So, so he was just always straightforward. And he was just funny and he wasn't somebody that made fun of people. Like those were things I looked at. He wasn't somebody that gossiped. He was very chill. Like we're just funny. So I was just like, yo, he's funny as hell. He's like a good guy. His mom is, his mother was one of the big reasons to me. Cause I'm like, she really took me in like I was her own. So I was like always saying like I had an extra mom. Like she was just maybe things that my mom didn't understand because my mom was Indian and you know, yeah. in that culture. She was somebody that I would go to about other things and she would really help me like as I was her own. You know what I'm saying? I, I get it. Me, like I was like, I could see. Barbara Cowell was an amazing woman. Her, yes, his mother passed away 2008, but she was one of the reasons like I was just like, whoa, she's this feels like home. So I was like, it, that's exactly how I always how I was brought up that home feeling. And I was like, I never felt that anywhere else. Yeah. Other than his family. First of all, to the know. point where when I was done with my sessions, there would, be, there'd be time, there would be times where I didn't know Rixana was there. So I'd because. go upstairs and, you know, nobody would be there. If I'm getting water, I'll come back downstairs. Hours later, I'll come back upstairs. Here she is coming through the door of my mother and my sister, <laughs> helping them unload groceries. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just cool. they would, she was like in there. Yeah. So then, you know, I I asked him, I, I had to see the thing with me is, being Muslim, coming from a very strict background, um, I have a family of 300 plus between New York and New Jersey. Um, so I'll get to that. <laughs> yes. So I had to be very, very sure that if I do have some type of relationship with this man, that this will be accepted and this will be somebody I could say. Like, I wasn't about to just be ripping and running with Wayne and then that yeah. just be fun and games because I would have got caught and I would have been like, my dad would have kicked me to the curb. Like, you're out here in these streets. This is not how we can have, like, my dad would not have accepted any of that. Yeah. So that was one thing I said to Wayne, like, if we're going to do this, it has to be like, you have to be ready for all of those steps that, that come with that because I won't be able to be ripping and running with you and have people say, Roxana's out with this black man in these streets. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
it was, I had to be sure. It wasn't anything that, because he was black, it wasn't because he's this, like, my dad at one point was just like, I think he's too big for her. He's way too tall. And my mom was like, everybody's going to be too big for Roxana. Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, it was, I had to make sure everything was going to fit perfectly before I made that presentation to the two people that I valued the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I would say. That's how we ended up where we are today. Now going on being married for nine years. We, we men are good with numbers, man. I, I, I yeah, don't know how long I've been. Oh, no, I'm on it. He's on it. I'm on okay. it. Yeah, that, that asked me how long I've, I've been. I've I've been taken out of the single market. I, I'm on it too, but I'm I'm just. <laughs> I write but my. Yeah. I spell my numbers out. I don't say it out loud. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know. I remember, I remember my daughter's lot. age. That's all I, I need to. <laughs> yes, that's all that should matter. After once you become a parent, then you, the dates and times is just your child's at that point. But yes, but no, I asked whatever question because you know it, we had so many different levels to it. Yeah. But, but so ask away, and I'll I'll touch base because you know we could go on all day. About oh, this. of course, of course. So <laughs> there's some things that you've said in your answers that I would like to touch on and yes. come back to. But before we do that, um, I'll have to take a quick break and we'll come back shortly. Hi, everyone. Your host, Raphael Harry here. I can't believe we have gone past our one year anniversary of doing White Label American. I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern day immigrant stories and you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own. We have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission, but we need direct support from you, our listener, which is why we have created a White Label American Patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content, help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions, and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation, either virtually or in studio. So if this podcast means something to you, And if you really love this show, think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label American POD. Thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company. Being that you guys have decided to, you know, make this, uh, take this big step and go to the next phase with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of uh, like I, w- I was born in Nigeria and depending on who you ask 
Some people think Nigeria is a Muslim country. Some think it's a Christian country. Mm. And um, but I got to see both religions. Both religions are huge over there. But people don't even realize that there are other religions that exist within the country. But mm. there's so much um, misinformation within Nigeria, uh, even dis- disinformation also, that even from the way we were raised as kids, like I was born in technically the northern part of the country, but it's mm-hmm. the Christian northern part. So, okay. um, but then I moved south, but I'm from the southern part of the country, and then I moved down south for the rest of my life. And um, my school books had the, 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 the heroes, uh, the protagonists in stories that they had in the, the early education were Islamic. And... For some reason, I don't know who thought about that, but it was very violent, beheading people. That's how they converted people to Islam. And mm. that's the imagery that you start having. And this was at a time where we didn't have the violence that's in Nigeria right now, because you can't really mess with some parts of Nigeria where you have real terrorists um, active right now. Uh, right. Well, um, extremists, I, I would say, because you have different mm-hmm. groups from different uh, religions. Um, right. So, uh, but before all this became, before the extremists, all this came about, they started popping up around the time I left Nigeria in 2007. But before mm. all that would become a mainstay, the main, the, the thing that was a mainstay in Nigeria was interfaith marriages. Mm. You had um, interfaith marriages existing. They weren't highly popular, but it depended on families involved. And then you also had um, a lot of conversions yes. where um, like some of the, because Nigeria has a huge evangelical presence, which is why a lot of people supported Trump there. We, um, we don't like to admit yeah. it, but like all the big evangelical pastors in Nigeria supported, they were, they were predicting Trump will win. Um, wow. If you look at their connection to America, it's the American white evangelical pastors there. Um, yes. one of the the wow. guy the guy who said Obama, um, the, I think the Seven Hundred Club, the guy who said Obama, uh, he's one of his racist. He's giving so many racist statements, but one of them was uh, Obama. The towel Obama used is black. If you use a white towel on Obama, the paint will come off. Something like that. He said that early during Obama's uh, when Obama yeah. was running for his first term. That guy, I grew up with that guy on my TV, national and state TV, every day in the city without wow. dropping. So that just shows you how the programming has been working, you know. So yeah, a lot of us yeah, see yeah. these white evangelicals on our TVs and we're like men of God. So when you try to say, these people don't like black people, we're like, no, 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 it can't work like that because these are men of God. So now, but the, the people who they approve of, these white evangelicals, some of the people they approve of are people who converted from Islam to Christianity. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have any religion. I don't practice any religion today because I don't believe I need a God to tell me to make me a, a good person. But mm-hmm. the most, some of the most popular people in Nigeria today are ex-Muslims who became Christians, and wow. including the, some of the wealthiest pastors in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. They were formerly mm-hmm. Muslims. So, like one of them, his name is Suleiman. Mm-hmm. So you can tell from that name that's nothing to do with Christianity. Um, Correct. The other ones changed their names. One of them, his name was, I know when he was a Muslim, his name was Hassan, and then he changed to something else. I think David. And then, yeah, people oh, like gosh. that. But it's not, com- the, the Muslims who converted to Christianity, it's not a common, it's not a popular thing to hear. 
in the southern part where I grew up in because of the animosity that had already been building for some time due to the mm-hmm. uh, it, and it, this all is tied to our colonialism because of the way Britain kind of set it up where you have the the little little the little pockets of division created so that you know you have something to fight to hit the other person about because Nigeria is made up of about 300 ethnic groups people don't know about it. everybody thinks it's just three big tribes so right. you all are tied to various religions you're tied to Islam and, and even in Islam is broken into Shia Sunni but I never knew that they were fighting each other in Nigeria all these years too so now you now find out that um, the I attended an interfaith uh, yeah an interfaith marriage once when I was living in the western part of Nigeria and it now makes sense to me why that wedding was there was so much tension in that wedding because the, yes. the Christian side of the family wanted this done the Muslim side of the family yes, wanted yes, this yes. done and but it now started playing about I was just there to eat food and have a good time that was me right uh, I didn't understand nice. all this but now I started to see stuff like that I understand why uh, my friend's aunt who was married into a Muslim family the in-laws were giving her hell and there's so many things that go on but Every time there was a story that someone converted to Islam, it was always from, we claimed it was for money. That's why they converted. And when we had conversations between ourselves, we were like, oh, why would you, would you convert to Islam? I'm like, ah, man, you know, yeah, but these Arab people, they got money, though. They'll give me an oil wow. field. Like a wow. go-to. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, these are serious conversations that we, we, the boys are having because we are all from the Christian part now. We're having conversations. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, so, you know, then this, I will start talking, but this is how the, the, you know, the disinformation seeps. And because this is way before WhatsApp days, this is way before Facebook came about. Right, right, right. And this how so somebody will now train from this, oh, but I heard they do this. I heard for you to convert to Islam, this is how they're going to make you. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't consider, we only considered it good when you converted to Christianity. That's yes, Mm. we accept that. But we never well, thought of it as if as free will could be exercised with you converting from Christianity to um, Islam. Mm-hmm. And I, now, now even talking about it, I begin to realize that it, it could also be a part of the anti-blackness that I had before I even came to America. Because mm-hmm. when I started finding out that there were civil rights activists who were Muslim, and I was like, wait, why would there be black people who are Muslim in America? America's supposed to be a Christian country. Well, I'm not I was born Catholic, by the way, but I'm not I'm not thinking about it that the United States is not supposed to be a country with one religion. It's not. It's not supposed to have right. one exactly. religion. But now where's that programming coming from? You've I've been interacting with evangelicals, white evangelicals have been coming there, giving you a picture of America that it's not what it's supposed to be. Then right. I'm like, wait, so they're black Muslims? Why is black mm-hmm. people being Muslim? I'm not even looking at the work they are doing. I start mm-hmm. questioning it. So by the time I arrive in America, why would I want to hang out with black people? I wouldn't. Because now the program in my brain has said, yes. stay away from these people. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even realize how these fences have been built up. And then by the time I would join the Navy, I'm That's an interesting point. Yeah. That's I, an interesting I find point myself becoming friends up. with racists. You know, yeah. I'm becoming the black guy in their, in their crew, and I'm like, why you guys talk like this? And, you know, but it, that's how I start separate, separating myself later on, but it would take a that's while. Interesting. And that's when I heard your, you guys' story, and I'm like, wow, so this is one of the people who was able to make a step that 
You know, in my ignorant days, I would have said, oh, hell no. This, that, that's not possible. This guy, they, they must have offered him something. Or what, what the hell? They, no, how did uh, they get him? How did they get him? We, we would have been like, they got, they got him somehow. But that's what, in of course, our time, of course. you know, those days, that's the way I was thinking. I would have said, nah, I can't be friends with somebody like this. I'm that's not, crazy. you know, but that's, there are so many of us who have been programmed. And like right now, a lot of my family members are like, don't fuck with Muslims. We don't, we were like, we hate, because of the president of Nigeria right now, even though he has Christians in his cabinet who are doing bad things, but it's like only the Muslim we're talking about. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, so, I get you. Yeah, so I, I had to bring all that, and you know, people know me know that I'm, 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 I'm I, in fact, if I have my way, I'm like, you know, I, I would just remove all religions, but I'm, I know a lot of people who they need that for their spirituality, and they need that to get to where mm. they need to go to, and you know, it it's done a lot of good. So. I'm not. I'm not saying wipe it all out, but you know I hold people accountable for themselves. But you guys have done something that you know. You guys, part of your story includes something that people need to hear about, and it, it removes this misconception that only people who are offered money, only people who who are offered that there's some that you can't make. You don't have the free will to decide for yourself. So that no. that's another reason why I wanted. Uh, you you guys telling your story on this podcast, and you know, so if you don't mind my long, uh, no, no, that actually, that I gave. so yeah, if, so yeah, you can take it, yeah. Well, for us, it was you know, when Wayne was with me, we were as even as friends, like he knew I didn't eat pork, right? So he wouldn't eat pork, and we just wouldn't order, he knows that it was just a respect thing, right? So then after his mother passed away, he was more like you know, like I said, we were blocks apart. So like he was eating Indian food, just even as just friends, like he was eating Indian food. He was, he knew like my house, my mother wasn't making pork. Like it was just, I kind of, his siblings are much older than him, like almost 20, 20 or a little over 20 years apart. So they have- oh, Similar to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, the last kid too. Just like him, right. Yeah. So it was like, sort of, I felt this thing with, <laughs> Wayne, and that's just the way I was brought up. I just felt this thing like, damn, he lost his mother. His mother was very important. It's your mom. Like, yeah. I just felt like I had to keep taking him in. Like, even if he didn't need anything from me on a financial aspect, nothing like that. I just felt like, damn, like he's the youngest. Like, I can't imagine my life like that without my parents. Like, I just had to keep taking him in. So it was like all of a sudden, it was just everything was fused. Like, we make a joke about it. Like I was eating soul food or, you know, he's eating Indian food. It was just like that. So then when I told my parents, you know, that I wanted to marry, that he wanted, I said he wanted to marry me. Uh, when I said it to my parents that he wanted to marry me, <laughs> my parents was like the only thing, like, yeah. For the record, it was the other way around. <laughs> oh, relax. And um, we agree. We agree. Last bonds. We, we we speak the last bond language now. I, I will have yes. to right, switch right. from dictator to last bond on that one. Yeah, right, right, yes, right. That's right. fine. But um, <laughs> you know, I was the first person to marry out. I was the first person to marry an African American. Um, my parents and immediate family that didn't seem to phase them at all because they knew who he was. It wasn't like I just yeah. picked some the street and was like, I'm trying to get with this dude. But they said to me, they were like, you know, the only thing that we could see a uh, thing. And my family isn't super religious. They're not Muslims that are covered up head to toe. The mm -hmm. only person that was very religious in my family was my grandmother. And my grandmother's mentality was always basically don't do anything like half-ass. If you're going to cover up, then commit. You're going to fully do it. You go down that path. But don't you cover up today and then tomorrow you're tomorrow, at the yeah. Like, you know, that was 
And it was always her, met, she was always just telling me, you do the best you can, Roxana, you do the best you can. Don't forget God, you know, be grateful, thankful for everything that you have. Pray to God, you know, help people when you can. But, you know, things, you're, other people are always in worse situations, be humble. So it was, that was just always my mentality. So, um, and my grandma, that's another story, but she had passed, I, she had passed before I could tell her that Wayne is who I wanted to be with. Oh, and the funny thing yeah. about it, she kind of told my mother and my mom's sister in India, which I found out later in life, that she had always told my mom's sister in India that she thought Wayne would be perfect for me. So that's I, so- I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's because she saw him and then she, yeah. she and then, the, so the Muslim thing was the only thing they were like, you know, as far as like spirituality, you all should be one. You know, so you won't have any issues. Like, do you think he would have a problem like converting for you? And I said, I don't know. I said, I was like, they were like, you know, that's the only thing. Like, let's, everything is fine. We accept everything. But would he be able to be the same religion as you? So, you know, we can get, you know, you can get married to the imam, which is our priest. And yep. just flow. Like, because my mom and dad was like, we're not really religious. So it's not like, you know, they said they thought it was really strict at that time. This was in 2010. So they were like. He might have to change his name, but we're not sure. We'll look into it. Like that might not be a big deal because there are Muslims with American names. So yeah. I asked him and I said, you know, I I was like, this is where it's at right now. Like, that's the only thing that they're saying. Like, you would you be able to convert? And he said, yeah, you know, he did his research and he was like, I'm it's not like I'm eating pork now anyway. I'm I'm well, see, I would like to touch on this yeah, story but, that you had, like. Um, where you were kind of being subconsciously fed a negative image of Muslim people, right? Mm. Um, oh, and for, for your information, my first best friend as a kid was a Muslim. Him? So hear me out. Okay. Oh, this is what? my point. Because so I, I grew up around Muslims, but that animal... This is my point. You don't see the invisible wall being created by family and other influences. So, one, just, of my, yeah. one of my first best friends was Muslim. His name's Ibn. Um, time went on. I met a lot of people. You know, I'm a guy that has a lot of acquaintances. But then there's another brother that really resonated with me, and I used to work with him as well. His name's Brian. He was Muslim. And my interaction with Muslim people, my sister had Muslim friends. So my interaction with Muslim people wasn't like, I didn't get any negative connotation at all whatsoever. So I've always been aware um, of the culture and the religion. And I've actually, before I was even religious, you know, I respected the way that a Muslim person carried themselves. Very yeah. clean, very respectful, oh, yeah. very nice. Oh, the yeah. ones that I came in contact with, and that was a few. Um, you know, and for the record, the ones that everybody's like, oh, Muslim people are, you know, you know, all they're being fed the wrong story. Yeah. And they're looking at terrorists and extremists that take the religion way out of context. Mm -hmm. So I would tell whoever's listening, that's not Islam. Islam is the probably the most humblest person you done came across. You didn't even realize they were Muslim because that's how good of a people, you know, that these individuals are. But, you know, fast forward. So to, it was never really like a big thing with me. It wasn't an issue or it didn't make me feel uncomfortable. It was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, at this point, if that's the only barrier that I have to cross in order to be with the woman I love, then that's nothing. You know, I don't mind converting to Islam. And again, as I as I mentioned a little earlier ago, I was already familiar with it. 
I respected it. Um, and to be a part of that, actually, it was it was actually life changing. It made me it, it made me go about life completely different. So and, and the thing about it is his I, I you know, I, I didn't know anything about this. I just knew like they would take you know, he would we would take him and he would be able to convert to, at the mosque. And the craziest thing I felt so bad was I couldn't even go in with him for that experience because I'm a woman. Right. So yeah. men and men are separated. So. He just went with my dad and my cousins that that are young men and my uncle and they they took him and the imam said to him, you don't have to change your name like that doesn't define, you know, what your faith is you don't have to do any of that you do you follow it the best you can follow it like and that's that was exactly how I was brought up it was I as, as Muslim as I am I'm very open like positive uh, people positive speakers I'm always taking something that can motivate me and inspire me from all religions. Yep. Not, you know, like, just like for us with Christmas, right? My daughter, I grew up, my parents gave me, I had a Christmas tree for me. They had gifts for me. I'm not saying hallelujah, Jesus, praise the Lord. Of course. I'm like, okay, I'm in this country, right? So just like there's Indian food Respecting and we're eating Chinese food and we're doing all this, I will put a tree up. I will respect that. I've died Easter eggs, but that doesn't make me less Muslim. But then when it's Eid or my religious you know, holidays, I'm out there too. So I was just very, I respect all religions. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't expect people to come at me. Like it's, it's crazy. This is something that happened recently. Like one guru, Satguru, he's Hindu. He has yep. over a million followers. He's done a lot of bad things. He's done a lot of bad things. He's spoken negatively about Muslims too. He has his own beliefs. He's he has over a billion followers. People are following this dude. My mother was like, you know, sometimes he says some really inspirational stuff about the human being and how we should be like our energies. Right. My mom was like, some of his quotes are really deep. Right. And I was like, oh, OK. And then Will Smith had had him over at his house. And then I was listening oh, wow. to it. And I was like, this dude got some stuff to say. And I started posting quotes that like resonated with me that weren't religious, that were just positive quotes. Yeah. So I'm one of those people like I'm Muslim as hell, but I will never not say one religion is not better than mine or what everybody has that faith. I worked on that path for them. Like to me, I know my God made me this way because I was chosen for this life and I got to live this life and see it to the end of whatever is meant for me on this journey. You know what I mean? And that just worked for me. So like with me and Wayne, like very simple like lifestyle with that like it's not it wasn't really no like pushback or bumps or hurdles that we had to cross no was, very smooth yeah, very was, smooth our our ceremony it was funny it's crazy because we had a my our wedding was like 350 people right so we're thinking we're about to get married the day before we're, we're thinking we're about to get married in front of everybody so then the day before our wedding the the priest the imam said to us yeah, so I'm not going to marry you guys there because that's not going to be like valid to marry you guys at the venue. Oh. The day before our wedding. Wow. So we well, he's like, I have to marry you guys at the masjid at, at our mosque. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this. I'm not. So we were like, like, what? I, I'm like planning to walk out with the, the, the gown and everything. Like, how is this possible? So the day before, we literally, it was we're our immediate, my brother, immediate family, father, mm-hmm. his father. Grandma, immediate family, and his grandmother, they're all Christian, Southern yep. Christian women. Hijab, everybody threw on that hijab. Out of respect. Out of respect. Of 
at the masjid, we got married privately in front of our immediate family and the imam. And then what was supposed to be our wedding that Saturday was actually our reception because we were already married. Okay. But that's all that really it turned into like our, an eight hour party. Yeah, but that's all that our religion required <laughs> of us, you know. So, so you, you guys had a, on, on, um, the, 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 the Indian yeah. the Indian wedding. We it was fusion. People okay. actually had a Broadway show. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot going on. It was a lot of dancing <sighs> and performances. Yeah, that that yeah. can compete with the Nigerian wedding. Well, yeah. the Nigerian like tribal wedding. Tribal wedding. Yeah. Same, yeah, I know. We have a lot of actually similar with African culture and Indian culture, but that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like people think it's like, oh, yeah, he turned Muslim. He's like this. Now. Yeah. Actually, nothing is has really changed. Like his family, when we go to his sister's house for Christmas or Thanksgiving, they know we okay. They don't eat pork. Like we just don't. I mean, eat pork honestly, like, that's the only it's, thing it's that not really. That serious. That's yeah. the only thing that really changed. Like. And now they even Just tell us before we would be like, they would be like, oh, this place is pork. We'd be like, oh, it's okay. And now like they'll do the research, like guys, there's pork here. So we're not going to go. And we're like, it's okay, guys. Like we will just eat something else. It's not, we never <laughs> made people. And I'm like the true advocate for this. I know what it is like to feel uncomfortable already being physically different. So I don't like that feeling of making other people uncomfortable because yeah. I know the feeling. So I always tell Wayne, like, I'm going to be honest. And whoever family, whoever watches this, sometimes if I feel their food is going to be whack, I purposely will just wait till after I leave to eat something that I want. <laughs> there you, <go. laughs> you know, like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Mm. I don't want to say I don't like this. Like, I, I'm just, if I just know. So I'll just be like, hey, if, if the wedding or this venues, the food's not going to be that great. It's yeah. all right. We'll stop at Checkers. We'll stop at Burger King. We'll get something and we'll head home. Like, no. It just can't be, you know, we're not one of those people that's going to be like, oh my God, we were at that wedding. That food was so garbage. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I, I feel you. I, I mean, I, I've, done, I've done it with some Nigerian weddings. I ain't going to lie. But, uh, yeah. You have to kind of, <laughs> don't make it such a thing. No, no, like, no. But, no, of course. No, but one beautiful thing that you, you said um, that relates to me is that, you know, I'm not religious. I'm not practicing any religion. But if you come to my house, well, after the pandemic's officially over, you've been vaccinated yes. and all that. Um, yeah. You see, I have a Quran, I have um, a Bible, oh. I have um, a book on Judaism, and I have I have something about Sikhism. And it's yeah. not for me per se, but it's for my daughter. Now oh. it's uh, now my 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 wife is not uh, she's not religious also, so we had that connection, but. I'm not going to raise my daughter in the world and say, oh, the, yeah, just because we're not religious uh, doesn't mean this doesn't exist. It exists. Don't be out here acting crazy. Right. You can. It's up to you. If you decide you want to go this route, that's fine. She is independent. Yeah. She can make her own decisions. That's on her. Now, as, uh, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big uh, comic book nerd. And um, at my comic book store, Galaxy Comics, I give it a shout out because it's a great place. In, oh, wow, uh, yes. Brooklyn here. Um, one of the my favorite graphic book novels. I, I'm trying to recall the full name right now. I might have to send it to you guys later um, okay. after after, the, after recording. It's actually yes. a, a graphic novel on. Um, it's a story based on. It's an it's a, an Islamic inspired story. Oh wow! Yeah, it's based in ancient um, Arabia, and I I just saw the artwork and I was, and the book had arabic um inscriptions and i was like oh this looks 
interesting. And I mm. bought this book around 20, uh, 2016, 2015, 2016. So like a yeah. big, nice chunk book. But it has mm. black and white artwork. And uh-huh. I was able to finish reading it. And I was like, wow, it's really interesting. I, I like it. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm a Muslim, but I, I like it. I like what it, the story talks about. And yeah. I kept it. And when uh, we had our our housewarming party for our former apartment, mm. uh, one of my wife's friends saw the, the comic and was like, oh, uh, this looks interesting. Can I borrow it? I don't like borrowing out my comics, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> okay. All right, let's, uh, let's give it a chance. And I gave it to her. It never came back. But the, the good side, why I like sharing that story is she actually became a Muslim because of that. She said she was wow. in a very dark place and she was, I didn't know how bad it was for her then, but she said that was like the beginning of her journey to wow, that's coming deep. back. And I was like, I'm not the, the, I'm the guy who's like, I'm not religious and I'm not, so I'm not expecting one of my books to put you on that um, religious right, part, right? Right, right. But because I, well, I'm, I'm waiting for you, he's like, give me back my book. Why are you going to give it back to me? Because you're taking, you're taking me back to my childhood journey of people borrowing my novels from my house and never comes back again. I have to start tracking You're not you, getting it back. You know, and she's now like, you know, um, you know, it just opened my eyes like there's a religion that exists and it's different from everything that I know, I, I knew in my life. And she's just, and I'm like, wait, so this was like therapy to you? And she's like, yeah. So I actually looked around, uh, looked up um, mosques around me, and she found a mosque, and she went there. And wow, I was that's like, deep. You come, like, okay. You know what? I, I ain't gonna ask you again. Just when you're ready, bring it back. But it's been how many <laughs> years? So I, I, I just ended up buying. I just uh, bought the book again. Like um, I think two months. Yeah, because you definitely weren't gonna I, get I was it. Like back. yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It, it's done. It's done <laughs> something. Bible now. Yeah. So I, I, I was telling uh, the guys at the shop, like um, at the at the comic book store, like, hey man, this this book's quite powerful. He was like, oh, the author has two more books. He doesn't have them in the store, but. If I want to check them out, I'll like, okay, yeah, I, I'll like to send check that. them out. I want to see so that. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. I, I just can't yeah. remember the name right now, but I'll, I'll actually post it on Instagram too. So Yes, and please on, tag on, us on, too. On f- Facebook and see. But I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't even know if the author converted to Islam, but it's like Islam did something for him that yeah, he may not yeah. have converted, but it's like Islam inspired him so much that he made that graphic novel um, based on Islam. But another yeah. thing I wanted to touch on was that, um, you know, I had mentioned earlier that my uh, my first childhood friend was Muslim. Mm-hmm. And along the line, I had lots of Muslim friends. But even when this misinformation thing started, you know, it, it just shows where my brain was at, that I couldn't even put the information together that um, mm-hmm. there were seeds being sowed externally that I wasn't even interpreting my interactions with muslims i wasn't considering the interactions i was having one-on-one with a muslim so i didn't count that as defining the the, the muslims I, I i didn't take that into consideration as does it count it was someone else if an older person comes and says this religion is bad these people are bad i'm like oh, yes okay yes this older person knows better than me so they're right but i won't consider that right, right. I, i've been talking to the muslim i've been playing with the muslim in school and all that time, is that person bad to me? So now I was living in a segregated 
um, housing estate. We have people surprised to hear that when I say, yeah, we lived in a segregated housing estate, which was supposed to be fancy because we thought mm -hmm. we were bougie then. But mm -hmm. there was actually um, racism. Um, it was for federal civil servants, and they pushed all the Nigerians to one side of the estate. And um, like half of the estate was um, white Israelis who got to mm -hmm. be on that side. So now there was this Pakistani couple, uh, family that uh, moved in there. They were, they were much older. And they put them on the Nigerian side. So that was like the oh. first side of first sign that um yeah that was something going on they put them on our side and their kid they had one of their they had, they had a boy and a girl the boy was around my age i was about eight nine years old the boy was uh yeah yeah so they were muslims and the boy was my age so he he, he got to play with us while, while mm -hmm. we're playing every day but that would be my my first introduction to islamophobia was because of that boy because wow. when we were playing the person in my family who today is the most evangelical person that I know, we can't even have a conversation now because it's just, it's too crazy. That mm -hmm. person pulled myself and other kids aside one day and said, we are going to convert that boy to oh. Christianity. So this is how it's going to work. You guys are going to uh, trick him to show up to this place that I'm going to preach to him. Oh to my convert. God. And we were like eight or nine years old. What the hell did we know? Like, why Why are you going to force a kid to convert so the kid will now go and convert his family? That was the plan. So me being a loose mouth That's that crazy. I was back then, I, it didn't make sense to me. So I, I just went and told the, the boy. <laughs> it didn't, I, 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 I don't know, but I just, I, I saw him and I told him, so he refused to come play with us. And then his, his dad now came to ask, my mom and my mom was like, what? What, 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 what do you mean? And, but I, of course I got beat because I leaked this, the, the plan. Oh, you told. So I, I got beat up for that. But it will be years later that I realized that now I didn't do anything bad because, no. but it was this thing of you got to convert them. You got to convert. But that person still goes with that uh, mind frame of to, to, to this day. That person is over 50 years old now. Still goes by that mind frame of you got to convert That's them crazy. when you see them. But you, so you can imagine at that age, that I was, this is the first thing you tell me, I have a Muslim neighbor converting. You're not doing it right. So not when play I, with them converting. Yeah, so right. when I become the age of, uh, around the age of 16, 17, when I um, have Sri Lankan friends, mm. they were Buddhist. And they came, they wanted to come to my house. I said, no, don't, don't come to my house because I knew that person would see you guys and I knew what's gonna happen. But they, they kept being like, are you ashamed? You, uh, is it like you live in a, like, is it like poverty or something? Like, don't worry, man, we, we're not judging you, that kind of thing. So it, the pressure was too much. Once I was like, all right, come, come, come. So one day they came to my house and I, that person saw them. She didn't say nothing and pulled me aside. And I was like, so what church do they attend? I said, they're not Christians. They are Buddhists. Uh, what is that? That is, that doesn't sound like, uh, what, what, what church is it? No, 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 no. You gotta get them on our church. You gotta get them come to this service. You gotta. Uh, I was like, here we go again. Guys, gotta get out of my house now. Get out. Just get out because yeah. It, it, so, what this? You went through the um, worst the, with that. The seeds had been sowed a long time, but I was just I the, the guy who couldn't deliver the preaching. I couldn't deliver the conversation. Yeah, but you weren't the messenger. I saw something on Twitter recently that was uh, someone made a thread about how Christians harass people in Nigeria. 
And then people started to respond like, oh my God, yeah, you guys are just coming to our space. Like, oh, hello, brother. How are you doing today? Uh, have you given your life to Christ? Like, uh, yeah, I'm yes. a Christian, actually. I'm good. Yes. And like, okay, yeah. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm good. I'm reading my newspaper, actually. Like, push that paper down. You have time for Jesus yeah. now. Let me tell you. And, and actually, it happens. We've been on, on the bus. They're going to, and, 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 but they, it's like, it's like, that is a form of extremism. It's a form of extremism, but we don't use that language of extremism because it's coming from yeah. us. But if a Muslim did that, we're going to call them extremists. And but then, you know what? You know, in my life, I've applied. never had a Muslim do that. But that's yeah. the thing. We, we, we don't apply that way. So it was, un funny enough, it was until I moved to the Middle East. When I got deployed, I was deployed in Bahrain just before Arab wow. Spring. And, you know, that's like the place where I got to meet more Muslims. Now I'm in a Muslim place. The military told me I was going to full Sharia law country. I get there and I had, I've never had so much fun in my life. Like I've had oh, yeah. ever, and I was like, man, what, what the hell is this? These people who like to have fun. <laughs> what you said, right? They like to have fun, like we do. They had everything for the first time. I met gay people in the public. I met LGBTQ. I met trans women and everything. And I was like, wait, people come from Saudi Arabia to come have fun in Bahrain, and they will run back to Saudi Arabia for the weekdays, and they will come back. And I'm talking of Arabs. They were like, oh no, we can't. We, we, we. And I'm like, what? Have be open, be open. So I, I was just seeing people like, I was like, this is, and then when I told someone in the um, United States, she was like, oh, this is like the Bible Belt. I'm like, so they do that in America too. But we, we, are, we, we, we call it by a different language. Yeah, we just, you yeah. Know, we say, we, so it's different forms of, in different places. And when I explain people in Nigeria, they're like, oh, yes, they, they sound like us too. I'm like, yeah, they are you. You are them. You just, right, you just right. choose to say, oh, they pray. Um, it's a different religion, so I'm gonna tag bad automatically, and you know, and that's how it begins. So if you don't talk to somebody from there, you don't know people who practice religion, then you're just gonna come with this frame of like but until I'm you like, get the but, knowledge. Yeah. But I'm like, but if when are we gonna address the if someone who's openly racist comes to you and says, "Oh, but my God loves you in Africa, He loves you, but in his home country, He doesn't love you." You're gonna address that? Yeah, you know, that, yeah. We I shouldn't know. talk about that. He, it's not like that. I'm like, no. The Muslim guy who, if he's racist, then I can call him a racist. I address that. But if he's not acting as a racist, then you, you shouldn't attack. You shouldn't tag extremism on all of them. No, no. You, you can't. I know. You can't. So if you're gonna hold yeah, them accountable, hold them accountable for their actions. But don't you know apply the same to yourself you're, too. You're right, same. So, you're right, that's what I'm saying. That that's where uh, I got into trouble with a whole bunch of people, including my family. And like so. <laughs> because, so you were done. You were just uh, like I'm just going to do well, what I want to do. Well, I think I was done from age eight, nine when I failed to convert that boy, and I licked that yeah. <laughs> that plan yeah. of the conversion. That was your first but, loss. And, and, and another great thing again was that. You know, I preferred Muslim holidays. You know, most now this is something I have against Muslims. My personal beef, my real beef with Muslims is this: in Nigeria, don't matter what part of Nigeria you at, when it comes to Muslim holidays, the Muslims they take food and feed everybody. They feed everybody. Go feed all the houses, and especially during the times when life was hard for me, me and my cousin we'll be waiting for the Muslims to show up. They bring the food. Oh. We'll get it. We don't tell my uncle that they brought the food because his wife wasn't feeding us. That's why we did it. And then we get mm -hmm. that. And then we hide it. Then we run to the Muslim because you can still go to their house. Now, that's the thing in common with Christians. Because Christians, they don't bring the food to your house. You come to the Christian's house and eat. Then we'll go to the Muslim's house like, hey, um, assalamu alaikum. 
Yeah. yeah, we want to come. Um, yeah, that's your day, right? You're celebrating. Like, uh, you need people to come eat. Like, uh, come, 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 come eat. I would always send food to your house, but they come eat. So we're going to double dip. That's how we used to do. It didn't matter that we had beef with you guys. Uh, we're still going to eat no. your food. So when I True. think back, I was like, wait, so we were hating on them, but we're still eating their food. We love right. their holidays, right? We saw we saw Muslim women walk by, like, oh my goodness, yeah, we want to go, we want to go chat them. I'm like, wait, so. We're doing all this, but we'll not still be saying. On a regular saying, day, yeah. We'll but we'll still find the time to say, yeah, but they're bad people. Like, wh why weren't they bad when it came to chasing their women, chasing their men? Chasing, we, went, we, knew what, we knew what we wanted to do. So at the end of the day, it was clear that we were making yeah. it up. It was clear Absolutely. that we allowed uh, ourselves be pushed in the wrong direction. And mm -hmm. that's why it was easy for me to start finding my way out and say, this is BS, and call it out, and tell people, like, when I see people calling, I, go, I get people sending me texts, like, oh, the Muslims are, come, they're, they're, they're planning this, they're poisoning our oranges, I'm like, man, how the hell, one Muslim just gonna spend the time to start poisoning oranges to sell to everybody? Muslims still buy that same orange. Why are they gonna do that? It don't make sense. And it's like, yeah, oh, no. my brother, I think, I think you've hung out around too many Muslims. I'm like, uh, I grew up in the same city like you, which is Muslim women together. I remember that. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure because you, you, you have, you're married to a Christian woman. Now. She doesn't know about that past, but I can call your wife and no, tell right. her. You, you forgot. Want. But Again, if to you want me to, I can do it. You're yeah, right. <laughs> so, right. yeah. So, you know, when I look back to all that, I'm like, yeah, it was just, it's a fabrication. It's a fabrication. And it's just like the stuff happening in India today with the, with uh, the laws against uh, Muslims, specifically targeting, targeting Muslims. And um, it's, it's not just limited to a late Christian uh, majority countries we've seen it in also um non people just want a reason to fight yeah, for no damn it's reason just, it's that's just, really it's it. just stupid it's stupid they ain't so, got nothing better to do with their time so yeah so i i, I mentioned that not because um I'm, I'm i'm not a saint or anything but i try to show people that look i was i used it it, it i let it create a ripple in me and it, the ripple spread out to anti-blackness spread out to a whole bunch of other things and i'm still working on reprogramming myself to recover yeah. from all that it's not what right. i don't want my daughter to go through that and mm -hmm. that's one reason why i try to be as transparent as possible on this no, uh, platform so with that being said um let's jump to something that's extra fun as we prepare to uh start wrapping up because uh, yeah. you guys have given me a lot of your time um wayne you're also into music and what inspired music in you? Did, 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 uh, um, did Bollywood play, does Bollywood play any inspiration in your music? Um, well, Bollywood has inspired some pieces that I've produced in the past. Um, I think he could use much more inspiration. Oh. But I have all my inspiration right here daily. <laughs> Bollywood inspiration, but. Um, honestly, what got me into music was the fact of on just making the fact that you were able to create something from literally nothing. Hmm. And at the end of that, uh, those hours of sitting there trying to get that kick right or that hi-hat right or the snare or, the, or, you know, making sure the loop is on time, putting in all that work just to have it come out to the exact way that you wanted it at the end of the day was so gratifying to me. And it all started with like making beats. Um, and then it was like, 
I wanted, well, no, honestly, I'm lying. It started with writing. And I used to listen to a lot of, um, at that time, what got me writing was, oddly enough, Busta Rhymes and Nas. Oh. Very inspirational to my flow. Like, I was looking at it, I was looking at it like this. When it came to, like, wordplay or wild flows, it was definitely, well, when it came to wild flow, it came, it was Busta Rhymes for me. When it came to, like, wordplay or that intelligent storyteller, that was Nas for me. Yeah. Okay. That 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 I agree with. You know what I mean? And uh, it was just it was just I don't know really what sparked it, but also at that time in high school I was hanging with cats that were rappers. (laughs) So yeah, they were rap crew. (laughs) Right, and I didn't know this till one day we were walking up the street on a high school lunch break, going to get beef patties. Oh, I love you know the beef patty store. My man Terrence was, you know, he was making a beat with his mouth and the other kids started rapping. And I just thought it was really interesting, like what was happening. It was the magic of what was happening for me. It wasn't even the rapping or the beat. I realized that now while I'm telling you this story, it was literally the magic of how making music came together. Whether it was like that in the purest form on the corner with with someone beatboxing and someone else freestyling or whether it was in the studio. It was the magic of how it would come together. And there was a lot of times in my younger in my younger days when I was in the studio making stuff and she would be in there and she would say something or do something that would inspire the guys to come up with an idea. Yeah, yeah. I I really, I mean, if it's not too late, I would still, you know, I think my inner calling is to also be in the music bars. industry. Uh, <laughs> you you, you got plenty of bars. bars. So yeah, yeah that, that, that I, I is... feel like I could dabble. Maybe, you know, soon come. Maybe you'll see me on something. No, but, but... <laughs> uh, I do like that. Energy. You haven't done any remix? It, it, it was literally, it's literally <laughs> just like, it was literally, so, you know, back to the point, it was literally just the magic of creating something from nothing. And then once I started writing, obviously I needed beats to rap over. Yeah. I started trying to, figure out how am I going to make beats and do beats. And then it came to that. And then next thing you know, here I am making my own beats or figuring out the equipment I need to make beats and writing. And now I have my own studio. Nice. And I'm in music because now my heart has said, you know what? I'm married to this mm. because it just resonated with me. Like, again, the magic of how you can make music, that creation of something from nothing. It was just, that's what sold me on it. Creation of something from nothing. And even when my mom passed, when my mom passed from cancer um, in 2008, you know, it was rough for me because that was literally my best friend. And I mean, it's your mother, Mm -hmm. you know, every, every, every man to this day who still has their mother in their life, you're your mother's son. You're a mother's boy. I don't care what nobody say, unless your mom gave you any reason to truly dislike her. Your mother is your heart. That's your heart and soul. So when I lost her, it was heavy. And I think the only thing that really got me through that was music, to be honest with you. I'm kind of getting like emotional now thinking about that. It helped me through. It's understandable. It's understandable. You create from the heart. So. Yeah. 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 So with that being said, who who, who are, um, if you were to drop, I know you've dropped some artist names already. But if we had a name, if you're like, okay, stuck on an island, you, you, who are like two 
artists that you like, okay, I'm going to be stuck on this island. Give me these two artists that I'll, okay, I'll, I'll be fine if I'm stuck on this island with these two artists. Wow. Um, nowadays, artist is a hybrid word because, you know, there's a lot of artists that produce and rap. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, wow. Should I make it three? <laughs> why, why do I know? Why do I know this? Uh, you, 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 you can you can go it. ahead. Give us your answer. I would do I would do Timbaland because okay. like I could just you know his beats. Well, see that's what I was trying to justify. See, at, yeah, and then it would be Jay Z because Jay Z is just Jay Z. Well, that's honestly I would definitely do when it comes to artists. I, I wasn't thinking about that because I think of Timbaland is a super producer. Yeah. Yep. 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 He is an artist, so with that being said, it would definitely be Timberland because the that man's level of creativity, his beats, he's he's the goat, man. I he's stopped dead in my tracks to he's hear his goat. beats. Like I'm like, man, this is and the Indian stuff he does. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Like throw me in the video. That's true. I love him. Yes. <laughs> it would definitely be that would definitely be my far as alive. It yeah. would definitely be Hove and Tim because I know. That I could go anywhere yeah. with those two. Yes, that literally yeah. I could go any end of the spectrum with those two. I should be back. In, I, I be, should do music. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be strapped to this lane mm. in the in the music prism. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It'd be like, all right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go left. We're gonna go all the way left. We're gonna get dark. We're gonna do a little metal. But how are we gonna switch it up? Do a little bounce in there, and it, we can make it happen. You know what I'm saying? I would be able to get that. So, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely do Tim and Hope. Yep, that, those are great choices. You're welcome and for that. That's true. I think, uh, yeah, Tim was, yeah, he was the first person who I had that um, blend of the 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 um, Indian, uh, should I say yeah. Bollywood flavor into the hip-hop yeah. mix. Yes. And it was just, I can't remember what the song was, but I what was it a song for Missy Elliott that he did that? Oh, he did. He did a whole bunch. Get your freak on. Get your freak on as an Indian flow. Oh, yeah. Now nah, I got yeah. a funny story about Get Your Freak On. So um, I've said it on podcast before, but it was for my niece, and uh, the so the evangelical person I'd mentioned previously, one of our daughters uh, was my second my second niece, and yeah. um, you know I, I've been introducing my nieces and nephews to music you know because they are they didn't realize that their mom had a life before she found jesus like <laughs> found jesus and decided that i have to be the next person on the, next to him and took right. it to another level so each person had their song i think they were how old were they then my second niece was about i think she was about eight or nine years old mm -hmm. so around the age when i was supposed to be converting people <laughs> So, yes. yeah, but instead I converted her to music and her song was Get Your Freak On. And oh, God. She, she, could, she could rap it from the beginning to the end and she did it one day for me and I was like, oh my goodness, I, I don't know. I wanted you to get into music, but um, you know what? Do me a favor. Whenever you sing this song, just don't do it in front of your mama. Because right, right. If you, right. If you do it in front of your mama, just sing only the chorus maybe. Because she won't understand, get your freak on. But if you start rapping the whole thing and she listens and pays attention, she's going to be casting demon out of you and then she's going to come after me. <laughs> yeah. She's going she gonna to know it's from me. She gonna, so she's going to come after me 
and then it's going to be a whole drink the anointing oil and casting and all that so yeah i, I knew so i was like please just I, I i can't afford any any arguments or fighting because just yourself yeah because when i was around age of seven eight uh does this song girl i want to make you sweat yeah <laughs> that song they used to play that song now i don't i don't know why but they play that song on state tv every day on national tv every day <laughs> it was on the radio every day so what, what what a kid like me gonna do i learned the song so i used to sing it girl i want to make you sweat sweat you can't sweat no more i'm singing it 24 7. So I was singing this song. While you're going around converting people. I guess I was supposed to be converting, but I was trying to make people sweat instead. <laughs> and now I'm walking past um, the evangelical person. She sees me, and oh my goodness, she's like, "Come here, come here, come here, come here." What, 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 what did you just say? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm singing. Yeah, sing that song again. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. I, I'm thinking I have a, I have a nice, sweet voice. Uh, my voice probably sounded bad, also. But I'm like, girl, I want to make you sweat. Sweat, you can sweat no more. I'm so happy. And pow, go on down the corner. Go tell Jesus you're sorry. I'm like, sorry, sorry for what? What did I do? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, right, what? you're just singing a song. So I'm crying now. I run to my mom. And my mom's like, well, what happened? I'm like, oh, this person beat me. Why they beat you? I was singing. What were you singing? Oh, girl, I want to make you sweat. So, uh, my mom's like, what is this? Boy? Come here, come here, come here. Pow. <laughs> I got it up beating again. So I'm like, nobody explained to me why I'm getting beat. <laughs> That's the point. I was like, I don't know why people are beating me. I'm just getting beat. And I'm like, right. you know, so the next day I go to school and I'm telling my classmates, like, hey, man, you know, I got beat up yesterday. And they're like, why? I was like, I was singing this song. You know that song? Girl, I want to make you sweat. Oh, man. You don't know the meaning? I'm like, no. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not supposed to speak that song. <laughs> That's not the song you sing around parents. I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, they, they, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, I feel, I feel with converting people, and then I try to make people sweat, and so. <laughs> Wild career. Yes. Wild career. Yes. <laughs> That's your calling. All right, so. Um, Second to final question. If I were um I come to your neck of the woods, and by the way, you have an invitation when everything settles down to come try Nigerian food on this yeah, side of um uh, um Brooklyn, you know. Yes, you know, it's very spicy. So I know you like spicy already. So oh please, yeah, yeah, yeah. spice so is nothing. I, I know I I I heard from the grapevine that somebody likes a lot of um uh, Tabasco and all the hot sauces on their food. So I'm not gonna say who. But you know, <laughs> but um, yeah. So if I had to come to your side, you know, of of the woods, what's the first cuisine that you say you you recommend for me to to eat? Indian food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Up, up to you. What was the first food you're gonna like? Yeah, put in front of I, me. Like, try this. Eat this. I think it would definitely be South Indian food because South Indian food is in a lot of great restaurants. That's like the down home cooking. Okay. And our friends actually own a great restaurant by us. So that, and then probably definitely soul food, a good soul food spot, mm. like potato salad, beef ribs, fried fish, good like down home cooking. Does Wayne have a different answer? <laughs> no, he would probably say that. What would you say? Anything different? No, honestly, I would say you would definitely would have to try some South Indian food, and you definitely have to try my sister's southern. Yeah, well, of my course, my sister's soul food. Yeah, this woman literally cooks like my mother. Yeah, and then nice. my 
make some really good down home South Indian. Yeah, her mom can throw down. Her and, mom yeah, can throw down. And her, my sister-in-law, yes. All right. So we would All have right. to do. We would have to get plates made for you from both sides. Right. right? The best way. Yeah, when, when it comes to food, now that that's that was the last barrier of discrimination gone. It's just it just <laughs> right. left. That's, that's how I knew. That's how I knew I couldn't be a hotel. That's how I knew I couldn't be any form of crazy. crazy I like yeah, food. They just bring the food from. I'm like, where the food from? I don't care. Bring it. Right. I'm eat it. I'm right. eat it. <laughs> that's how you become open minded, right there, because that's the connection, right? All right. So final question: um, What would you like to leave the guest with? Could be a line from a book you've read. Could be a line from a, one of your songs, Wayne, or it could be. A line from Timberland. I don't know. Could be a line from anywhere. Anything. Um, I will. You know? I will say. Uh, I'll say this. I'll say this. You know, there are times where life can feel like a big movie, and you will feel like just an extra. Mm. Um, that moment, in that moment, that you feel like an extra, and I'm only saying this because I feel like I'm living this right now. That moment that you feel like your life is gonna amount to you just being an extra. Make the choice to be the star, plain and simple. And if, if you know, you know, if you know what I'm saying, you, you're, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, you know, life gets crazy at times, mm -hmm. but it's a big movie. And if you feel lonely and you feel like, you know, you're, amount, you're, you're, you're in, a, in a weird spot and you don't want to be an extra no more because no one remembers the extra. Who wants to live this beautiful life that God has blessed us with just to die as a nobody. Mm. That's how I've always felt. And that that thought strives me to be better than I was the day before and every day to come and to make something of myself and to provide for my wife and my family the best way that I can and be there, you know? Um, yeah. My, <laughs> That's my, what thing, my thing would be like that I'm very big on even more so now that I became a mom. Um, if people are, if it's negative energy in any shape or form, remove it from your life. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're in adulthood and you're, we're all grown adults. If there are people still on that same BS that they were on when they were in school, then they're clearly not going to change. True. And negative energy will eat you alive. That's cancer. That's what becomes your disease. So to me, it's like if they're disrespecting you, disrespecting you know, not letting you be who you are, not giving you the right to believe what you want to believe and not being respectful and open-minded, remove it, dead it, because yeah. it's only going to bring you down. And that kind of energy for your most successes and for your lowest of lows, mm -hmm. they will still be the same person trying to bring you down. Yeah, so I'm very big on keep whoever, be very mindful of who you bring into your home and who you share the goods and the bads with. Yeah the same people that's attacking you from the outside so that. that's I just that. like it's i i had to like i i'm just like i'm on some i will kick somebody out quick if you're talking some type of stuff you shouldn't be talking mm -hmm. i cannot have this around me or my family there you go i agree we don't do that no negative energy basically no negative energy and take control of your life. Yeah. And then you'll be happy. Because if they be real, happy. if they real, they're going to be real with you and they know it because everybody goes through something in one point of their life or the other. Yeah. So if you're acting like your stuff don't stink, then you stay with those people that do. All you, exactly. you can just stay be there. Genuine. Right. All you have to do is just be genuine. And I mean. If you're not going to uplift or support, then it's best that you stay in that yeah, lane. Go where kick you rocks. Yeah. You won't be near. You won't be chilling with I us. 
VIP. That's all yeah, I got. I, I, I can't add anything more. And you guys, yeah. you guys just, you know, that, that's why I have to bring you guys. Your authenticity yes. is just Thank you 100. for having us. <laughs> yes. I learned so, uh, I we learned guys, so much man. listening to you. I love Thank you guys. You no, no, you guys are just too much you guys you know, too much in a positive <laughs> way not not you know, yes. in a positive <laughs> way. but I, i'll definitely send you guys um that, that if, if if i forget just send me a message but i'll send you the the book as soon as i get home and yes uh, yeah so thank you and again. let us know when this will release so we can promote oh. and, and you know yeah. network out there for you oh uh, yes you just remind me so i, I didn't uh, um how where can the um the audience find you you know people want to get in touch um how can they follow you guys you know Yes. So I, um, my name is Ruxana Carroll, R-U-K-S-A-N-A-C-A-R-R-O-L-L. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, my page is open. I, I love to connect with people and learn and build. So I'm there. And, and my name is Wayne Carroll Jr. on Facebook. And then on Instagram, it's at import P. So that's my performance yeah. name. But we do have a YouTube channel, long story short. Um, we yep. share our lifestyle, you know, our life and our journey. We've been on Family Feud before. We have some projects coming up, so stay tuned. Hold on, and just to be clear, Import P is spelled at the letter M P O R T P. Yeah, we'll awesome. share you so you can yeah, share. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going to add all those to the show notes and make okay. it perfect. perfect. Everything yeah, else. and let <laughs> us know when you're going to drop this so we can definitely promote for you and get people some right. good towards your page too. Okay, so thank you again, and uh, to everyone listening, thank you for the privilege of your company. Don't forget to uh, keep sharing and keep the love coming in. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show or you want to be on the show send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at whitelabelamerican thank you for your support